Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and CamBay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at WideMenCan'tJump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can Jump. That's right, we're here, we're here, it's episode 64 of Wide Men Can't Jump. Nate, and with me tonight, he's feeling a little under the weather uh, this fine evening, so do show a little respect. My man from north of the border, Tim Dombrova. Ah, that's like an elixir, Nate. (laughs) Been known to to do that a time or two in my day. Licks up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a elixir. Uh, yeah, a little little under the weather. I kind of feel like uh, I don't know the West Virginia Mountaineers after a visit to Tennessee. Ooh. A little bit be- oh, little you bit, bastard! A little, little bit beat up. A little bit, little bit kicking around, but I will survive. Uh, I also have it on uh, good authority that we're missing Tom Robinson tonight. Is that correct? Yes, Tom Robinson will not be with us tonight. Uh, real life called. He was called in to work this evening, so Tom will be back with us next uh, week, hopefully. Tom is so suffering we, from M, from M effort disease. That's Mark and that is syndrome. Mark Telfold syndrome. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Not 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 mother. Not he's not a motherfucker. He suffers from no no Mark Telfold. Yeah, he suffers from Mark Alfalt syndrome on occasion. He can't <laughs> well, do certain things. So I love Tom. Tom's a great guy. Oh, we, we all love Tom. We all Speaking love of Tom. This, maybe I should have changed that opening joke to I feel like West Virginia after a visit from Iowa State because uh, they're getting clobbered right now. Why don't but you just say you feel like the West Virginia men's basketball team, except when they play Kansas? <laughs> Apparently, that's the only time yeah, they show I'm, up. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of West Virginia. I don't, I don't dislike them. I just, you know, <laughs> facts are facts are facts. I got to throw it out there that they've been the, not they good this year. year. Yeah, they they've not been good this year. year. It's just that simple. Um, yeah, yeah but, I mean, and we like to get a little bit of college ball into the content. So, no, oh, of course, you know we're getting we're getting close to. Uh, that time of year that we love in March where we get to see some of the uh, the March Madness will kick in here in about a month or so. We'll start talking a little more college hoops. And then, of course, during tournament time, we'll have the tournament pool, which every, I, I hope everyone that's listening is in on. Uh, we had a great pool last year. Larry Dameron is our winner. He'll be back to defend out. the title. I'm going to go out and say right now that I will be podcasting every night during the tournament. With a wrap up of the day's events every night. Yeah, so we heard, did that last year. We're going to try and do that. We're going to try and do that again this year. Uh, hopefully, we're able to do that. I know every night that the tournament was on, almost every night uh, last year we were on. So we're going to try and do that. So we'll see. Hopefully oh yeah, talk well. to me, Butler. I'm with you. 
That non-all-star <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> oh, speaking of all-star. Speaking of all-star, last week Did we kind of teased. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that was the show title last week. Last oh, week we kind of teased uh, a little bit of a special guest all-star pick. Unfortunately, we had, well, we didn't have, but uh, our site had some technical issues last week. Of course, they only had it on Wednesday. The very next day, everything was working fine. So, of course, Jerks. right? Um, but we were able to track down our special guest all-star starters picks. By the way, the reser- all-star reserves, we will be talking about that next week uh, when we're at full strength. So, we will talk all-star reserves next week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But we want to go to our special guest right now on Blog Talk Radio here on the Wide Men Network. Our special guest picker. Pay attention to this. You'll want to hear it. You ready, Tim? Uh, I, yeah, I edge my seat. Nate, edge my seat. All right. Let's roll the tape. Good evening and welcome to the first ever edition of the Wide Men Can't Jump. NBA All-Star Team. I'm Geriatric Cosell. I'm coming to you from the Great White North. And without further ado, let's get to the selections. Of course, everyone knows you need a good defense to have an NBA team worthy of a championship. Our selection is, of course, Stephen Full court press new, a.k.a. the Hammer. He is by far the best defensive player in the NBA today. Refs are afraid to call fouls against him due to litigation. He actually had the NBA change the name of Steals to Boros. Word has it he may even change his name from N-E-W to K-N-E-W because it's clear he is a mind reader. And of course, after that, you need a big man. And what bigger man could you have than Ed Buffet Bogus, a.k.a. the West Virginia Vacuum. He once dunked over Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to get the last biscuit at the Hollywood Casino Buffet. He's Shaq with fork speed, and he's a bigger Oliver Miller. What a player. Then, of course, you need a man at the point. Where, aptly, we have Josh, the man from Man Brown, a.k.a. Don't Call Me Kwame. He holds the record for most points in fewest minutes played. He has been compared to a young Zach Collins and a more mobile Markel Fultz. His favorite players were Mark Mad Dog Madsen and Brian Big Country Reeves. What a pedigree. Next up on our list is Nicholas Hafgart. A.K.A. Federal Express. He has the greatest shooting percentage of all time left-handed. 
He once beat Larry Bird and Magic Johnson in a three-way game of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Because, of course, neither Bird nor Johnson could spell the word. He shoots threes like Ben Simmons and free throws like Ben Wallace. Oh, player. Oh, man. Then we have, of course, Armando Free Throw Martinez. A.K.A. one-on-one. He holds the record for free throw attempts in a season. He makes James Harden look like a ninja assassin. He falls down easier than the love child of LeBron James and Neymar. But still, (laughs) what a talent. And last, but not least, in our six-man NBA All-Star Extravaganza. We've got Rachel Headhunter Miller, (laughs) a.k.a. Mrs. Snyder. She leads the league in height-to-dunk ratio. She's so feisty she once strangled Rashid Wallace with his own towel after a hard foul. She was also, of course, suspended after a low blow to Latrell Sprewell after he called her a small man. But as we all know, everyone needs this feistiness on the course if you're going to survive in the NBA. I dare any man alive to pick a team that can compete with my six superstar selections. Bush and Robinson, you pair of morons. Steph Curry, James Harden, Greek freak. None of these players can compare to my superstars. <laughs> I will meet you anytime on any court, in any world, in any game, in any galaxy. My team will defeat your team. Good day. Well, you heard it here. Good Lord. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, that guy must be from Toronto. <laughs> from somewhere, maybe up in the Maritimes somewhere. Well, I think kind of got a little bit of um, Dr. Evil there at the end. You know, <laughs> I think of Mike Myers, you know, from Toronto. Uh, yeah. they, went from well, N- they went from NBA All-Stars to my team can defeat your team, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, when you examine that, guy's not wrong. I can't argue with him. Uh, big pop for Mark Mad Dog Matson, so I'm not mad about that. In the uh, I was particularly, I was intrigued and yet frightened by a woman that would choke out Rashid Wallace and kick Lazell Spiegel in the nuts. That, that somewhat frightened me. That's, that's Rachel. Fun. I think that's, that's a little more bit than feisty, but uh, I mean, Ed Bogus being the West Virginia vacuum, I mean, there's Facebook no, evidence can't. to back that up. Yeah, I mean, um, you can't argue with the man there. <laughs> Armando one on one Martinez, I'm particularly proud of that. that was yeah, a good one. was that O N E on O N E or J U A N on J U A N? One on one. Oh, see, you heard that. <laughs> see, someone was paying attention. Well, any comments? Uh-huh. Uh, these, these are not the comments. You know, we cannot speak for, uh, I believe it was, what, Geriatric Gozell, I think was his name? Yeah, I believe that was the name we got there. An anonymous Dropbox. 
Ari. You got a problem with geriatric cell? Well, send us a note and we'll talk to him. But you know, these geriatric these are not cell. geriatric cell. We'll have to see. Maybe we'll hear from him again sometime. I'm he sure we will. Opinion. He may have some opinions on the on the college tournament. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he will. But Tim, let's get back to let's get back to talking a little Don't NBA. Call me. Don't call me Kwame. I did get a kick out of that. That was pretty funny. Um, I read something on Twitter today that really that that really got me. I had to laugh. Um, in case you hadn't seen this, this was uh, pretty daggone funny. I'm not gonna lie about it. Let me uh, let me see here if I can find it. Let me find it here. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't highlights from the last Timberwolves game against the Jazz, was it? No, that 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 would be hilarious to watch. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Peter Vesey. No mystery where James Harden plans to spend his golden year. You know where he's going to I saw this, but continue. <laughs> at an unassisted living home. Yeah. I... I... I did some, not, I wouldn't call it grad school research, but I did some high school level research on Mr. Harden and his assists or lack, or his team's lack thereof. And it, I, I, I reaffirm my statement from last week that it has got to be exceedingly difficult to play with that man. Because if he touches the ball, you ain't getting it back. No, oh, yeah, he. Well, in the game, he had 61. Um, None of those see. points were assisted. None of them. No. Well, he had 61 points, and I'm pretty sure, Tim, in that game, he had zero assists. Well, I'm I, almost and, but, but, but also, he never – he never nobody passed him the ball on those 61 points. Yeah, it was they him dribbling, isolating. Yeah, and I mean – Okay, now granted, he's extremely good at what he does. No, no argument there. But what makes anybody want to stay there with that one-man machine? Doesn't somebody go, you know, hey, James, I take it back. Okay. He had four. He had four assists. Four. And oh, he had wow. 61, 61 points. Sixty-one points, fifteen rebounds, four assists, and they win by four over the Knicks. I don't know. I wouldn't want to play with a guy. That to me is extremely selfish. Um, okay, you know, granted he gets to sixty-one, but how many shots did he miss that game? Ah, uh, hold on. Give me just a second. I'll let's, tell you. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at that stat and see how many times he could have maybe thought about passing the ball, and they could have put a few more points up on the board. Just okay, that. so Harden against the Knicks. Let's see what his shooting percentage was. He went 17 of 38 from the field, 44.7% shooting. He shot 38. He actually shot more than a third of his team's shots that night. Uh, He also had 25 free throw attempts at the line. And the Knicks themselves had 30. You know what they should do? They should figure out a way to get Harden and LeBron on the same team and watch the hilarity ensue as they fight over the ball. Yeah, really. I can't even. I mean, is is that like, 
not to be, maybe somebody could tell us. Maybe we'll have to look it up for next week. Like, is that in line with other great scores? Like, is that like Steph Curry got those same kind of numbers? Steph Curry you know, passes went, more than Harden, and here you can watch. You can watch the Warriors. Now, as much as we don't like the Warriors, or at least I don't. I don't know about anybody else. But as much as I don't care for the Warriors, and I don't care for the fact of what they do, I'm thinking that if you look at it, the Warriors do pass the ball. They do assist a lot. There's times where the Warriors don't even dribble. Clay Thompson, he doesn't dribble very often. He grabs the ball and shoots it off of a pass. So you know they're passing the ball. So, if you're the Warriors, you know, they're more fun to watch than Harden. Now, granted, I think they shoot too many threes, and sometimes they settle for bad shots, just like Harden, but at least there's more than one guy shooting. I mean, is it is it going too far to say that the Houston Rockets will never win an NBA championship with that style? They're not winning a championship with the team they have right now. That's I mean, what I'm that's saying. If it's just him. If it's just him, okay. But the only way they're ever going to have any better team is if he learns how to share the ball a little bit, and he doesn't seem to be too interested in that fact. Or if they had somebody there that demanded the ball, are we going to see the James Harden pout like most NBA players know. put on? I don't Great. know. Is he, is he is he known for having a shit attitude? Um, you know, you don't hear much about it. Not really, not really, from what I know, anyway. Right? The last ten games, the team is six and four. They did lose last night to the New Orleans lost, Pelicans. Yeah, I was just looking at his stats. I mean, he was uh, eleven of thirty-two, and only thirty-seven points. Does it feel like? Does it feel like to you that that maybe Harden's more focused on keeping his streak of 35-plus or 30-plus <laughs> points per game alive well, than he is about winning sometimes. It's a possibility. I mean, I'd like to know where he's at contract-wise. Is he somewhere near to where he might be looking to pack up and get out of Houston? Not, not, no, I mean, he's he's got a big contract, and, and he's, you know, the, the okay, golden but goose. We, but we all know that there's always somebody who can pay them more. And look at the – well, we'll probably get into that with the whole uh, – what is it, Anthony Davis thing? Well, we're, we are going to get into that. We'll have a guest calling in a little later that we're going to talk to about that. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, all but, I know is the Rockets are slipping. They're down to the fifth seed in the West. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, they were um, low. They were out of the playoff chase early uh, on. Now they're back seven. in it. But now they're starting to drop again. As you got San Antonio is tied. The Jazz are a half mm-hmm. game behind them, and the Clippers are a game and a half behind them. They're looking at, you know, if they don't pull up their socks a little bit, they're going to be staring at the, uh, or the Lakers are going to be staring at the Rockets. And if LeBron comes back, as much as I don't like the Lakers, uh, they're only two and a half games. Well, they're three. What? No, three and a half behind without LeBron. Uh, if LeBron comes back, that could easily be erased. They could be looking, you know, from the outside in if they're not careful. Especially well, if he keeps Harden, all, if he keeps just caring about stats and not putting up W's. Actually, James Harden, um, when it comes to his contract, he signed a big contract, but he's only under contract. Uh, if I'm looking at this correctly, 
I don't think he's not a free agent next year, but he signed an extension through 2022 to 2023 season. And the extension is $228 million. Good Lord. Almost a quarter of a, of a billion dollars for this guy. Extension. Okay, well, then my, then my next thing would be, I don't know who owns the Houston Rockets. Then I have to start looking at, okay, does ownership care more about, and we've had this talk before, do they care more about, okay, we'll put a half-decent team out there and we'll pay him, but as long as we're making money, we don't really care if we win the title or not, as long as we're making a choose. Well, they brought in Mello this season, which turned out to be a mistake. Um <laughs> Clearly, clearly it was a mistake. Um, they have Chris Paul. Their biggest problem was they lost too much in the offseason. They lost Trevor Ariza, who was a big part of their run last season at the three at the three guard. They lose uh, Luke Rashad and Bamute, who was a defensive player who they counted on. Clint Capella got paid in the offseason. He took he got a big, big contract in the offseason. I think he got like $90 million. Um, and it seems like he's not living up to what he was last year. Chris Paul's been hurt. Eric Gordon has been Eric Gordon, as you would say. They did bring in Kenneth Fareed recently, who, you know, decent player, but on the downside of his career – Houston, it almost feels like they're just so reliant on James Harden this season, and Chris Paul's not really getting his touches like he usually is. I guess he's trying to get back up to speed. Maybe these these numbers will drop once Harden – because honestly, I believe, I seriously believe that James Harden is more focused right now on trying to constantly keep his record of 30 points per uh, every game going, and he's focusing on trying to win the MVP more than he's focused on trying to – win games. It's like, okay, I had a big game, so that's more important to me than winning this ball game. You know, I can pull up for three and make a big shot. And granted, he's a great player, and he's knocking down shots. You can't argue that. But at the same time, look at how many free throws he gets per game. Look at how many potential bad shots that he's taken. Look at all the all the, the assists that he could get that he's passing up on now that he's the primary ball handler instead of Paul. So I think they need to get the ball back in Paul's hands well, and let him facilitate. I have to I have to say that if you're I mean, and I will go for this for any sport, if you play the sport, there is one reason to play and that is to win the championship. Personal Agreed. stuff is all all well and good. But if you're not playing to win that title, then I, I I don't know, you know, it's, I mean, I'm looking at his career highlights and stuff. I mean, he's pretty much done. You know, he's been a scoring champion. He was the assist leader. You know, he's been on the, you know, he's made four first-team All-Stars, seven-time All-Star, you know, his most valuable player last year. I mean, he's got all the personal accolades except the biggie. You know, he doesn't have a finals MVP and he doesn't have a, he doesn't even have a trip to the finals, I don't think. Yes, he does. Yet. He did go to the NBA Finals. Have they been there once? Yes, uh, oh. not the Rockets, but okay, the Thunder. But, all right, but, but that's on back the before he was. That's back before he was running the show. Yeah, he right. was he on the Thunder with Durant and Westbrook. Yeah, they, the lost, they lost the series four-one, and Harden 
he may as well have not even showed up for that final. That was one of the worst final I mean, performances. You, you look at their record. They won. They rattled, they rattled off six in a row. Since that point, they've lost one, lost one, lost one, lost one, lost one, then won two in a row and lost. This is not a championship team. This is barely a playoff team. If that that is not going to get it done. And you got to remember, they played the Pelicans last night and lost at home to the Pelicans, who were down 15 to the Rockets. The Pelicans came back on the, on the back of Jalil Okafor. And I know what you're thinking, Tim. You're probably going, who the fuck is Jalil Okafor? Oh, no, I, know. I recognize the Dave name from Dave's Gone By. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. Jalil Okafor had 27 points last night against the Rockets in that game, and he looked like Jalil Okafor that came out of Duke. He looked say, wasn't great. He one of those, wasn't he one of those guys who was supposed to be a world beater but just never, ever? He was one of the draft picks that Philadelphia had took. Uh, oh, they so drafted Okafor. It, <laughs> so it, it was the year Carl Anthony Towns came out. Minnesota had the first pick. They took Carl Anthony Towns. Philadelphia went with Jaleel Okafor, which at the time, he was, you know, that was guy. No, no, I don't. Honestly, if we knew, if we go back and we only knew what we knew then, you have to take him there. I don't blame Philly at all. It was just a miss. He didn't work out. And he played in Brooklyn for a little while, never really worked out, you know. He got a second chance in New Orleans, and he's trying to take advantage of it. He's really got his head together. Maybe, down he's, well. maybe he's just shaken off the Embiid, Mark L. Fultz, Ben Simmons, seven other first-round draft picks who got hurt syndrome. Well, he's I just only getting he, rid of his. He was gone before Fultz got there, I'm pretty sure. No, but he I'm, was, I'm, just, I'm just going with the no, I understand. Players, I understand so. what you mean. Uh, first round pick to, to never play, and yeah, Embiid has finally got his act together. But let's be honest, Embiid is a is one injury away from the bench. I mean, I guess all guys are one injury away, but you know what I mean. He's a he's a fragile player. Ben Simmons is a fragile is. player. He is uh, mentally. Speaking of Ben Simmons, oh, we, we remind me to come back to Ben Simmons a little. Ben Simmons, you know the the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers have a really good team. And yet they're like a comedian's wet dream. They just keep giving you something to talk about over and over and over and over and over. There's always well, something it, that Simmons, Simmons took a jump shot the other night, last night against LA. I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> did you did you happen I did, to see it? I, I did and oh I, even God. I in my basketball like, you know uh, let's put it this me taking a three point shot might look like something like Vince McMahon when he got into the ring and blew both his quads out and was <laughs> propped up against the ropes, waving his arms in the air. That's kind of what I would yeah, look I remember. like. Playing. Yeah, okay, that's what I would look like playing defense on a, on an NBA court or any basketball court. Not too talented in the basketball department. But nobody's paying me millions of – like, it's frightening to me that guys who played, you know, high school basketball, college basketball, uh, he's a professional basketball player that gets paid millions of dollars. And the what should be a relatively simple skill for a basketball player is not. <laughs> and that makes me wonder. It makes you scratch your head. I know that. That's definitely a uh, definitely a head scratcher. 
Like, I can understand, like, okay, he obviously has, does not like to shoot threes. But, yeah. why, but okay, but why? What, what it's, you know, there, yeah, I mean, what what's the reason? Because, I mean, usually that's every kid's dream is to get the ball and throw up those prayers for three. I mean, that's what most kids like to do. So what's the scoop with Ben Simmons that he, well, I don't know, was like, does somebody take him in the back of the legs every time he shot a three or like, has he had some trauma somewhere it, along the I think line? It all, I think it all comes down to a, you just have to know what you're good at and develop what you're not good at. And he just never developed that jump. He was, he's a big kid. You know, he was big when he got into the league. He's been big his whole, his whole career of basketball. He can move. He's never really had to shoot. That's that's one thing that you could look at and notice. But he should have been preparing for the fact of okay, I, I've never had to shoot, but when I get to the the top level in the world, I'm gonna have to, and he he should well, have to. If nothing else, you would think okay, I, I'm not very good at this, but I'm at least gonna throw some up every once in a while to leave it at least in the defensive head that I might. Now you know he's not going to. You don't have to worry about him attempting one because he won't even do that. I mean, I don't know how many threes he's attempted this year, but it can't be many. It hasn't been many. I mean, uh, how how, I know. how much better would Ben Simmons be? If, like, to, to, I don't know, they don't play tonight, but the next game they play, if he wandered off into the corner and actually sunk a three. It would and went, you know, I... I you know, yeah, okay, I can do this. I don't like doing it, but I can every once in a while. So you at least got to keep that in the back of your minds that I might do it. Right now, you don't you don't have to even think about it. If he's behind the three point line, he's passing the ball to somebody. Yeah, normally you can, it, it, and it changes the way you play the game on defense. If you know a guy can't shoot a three. Anytime there's a pick set for him, you can kind of go underneath and cut off the passing lane, which is what a lot of teams do with with Ben Simming. Ben Simmons. I mean, ben Simmons. He, excuse me. He plays for a team that's good enough that that is not a glaring deficiency. They still yeah, he's win. Lucky. He's lucky. He's lucky. He's right? got he's, he's got, got a lot of help. Well, he's got yeah, he's got some good players, and and he can get away with it. But like, it makes me like, did he not shoot threes in college? Not really. You know what, Tim? Since you're asking so, these so questions, then, let's so then I gotta go. So, I gotta go. Then let so me do then some digging here. How did he ever here. get to be such a draft pick? Why? Why did everybody think he was so spectacular? Because I look it's at his game and go, "He don't shoot threes." I mean, I understand why somebody picked him because the rest of his game's not that bad. But to me, he seems like a second rounder at best. Mm. On the surface, like, I don't no. know what his stats are. Um, let me see. Ben Ben Simmons played one season in college That's where he did average right 19.2 points per game. He did average 11 rebounds per game, and he was a ball handler, so that helps. He averaged in college, Tim, 0.13 point attempts per game. Okay, so he was never, ever, he was never, ever. Not a big three-point shooter. They knew he couldn't do that, so they. Here, they here's care. here's the thinking. Here's the thinking. Um, with Ben Simmons, you can teach 
somebody to shoot a jump shot. You can, and it's easier. <laughs> Fun fact also, Tim, you know how many three-pointers Ben Simmons has made in his career in the NBA? None. He's played two seasons. None. He has made no threes in his career. None, because I see here in the playoffs last year, he attempted none and made none. And in the regular season, he his three-point percentage is from last year was zero. Yeah, he has made none. So now you would think, now to go back to the, you know, I hate to kick the Sixers to death, but they kind of are on our radar because it's on. Uh, you would think that somebody in that organization would go, okay, Ben, you're a hell of a good player, but you'd be a great player if you could shoot a few threes. Let's, over the summer, let's get you a shooting coach and let's work on you shooting some threes, even if you don't get very good at it. Even if you can sink one in, you know, five or two in ten or something, so that at least it is something we make the other team at least think might happen. And if you, yeah. have, you know, if you get an odd one here and there, great. It seems ridiculous to me to just go, okay, well, we're just going to take <laughs> what has become one of the biggest parts of the game and have a, point, a guard that doesn't shoot threes at all. He doesn't even try. Shoot, I mean, maybe he needs to play. Maybe he needs to play with James Harden and just pass him the ball. All the time. <laughs> you, you may be onto something. <laughs> I, think I, I think I stumbled on something. You may, you may have stumbled onto something here. Oh, man. I but never... speaking, of stumbling, speaking of stumbling onto something, there's times when you need to stumble on <laughs> to a brand new website. And oh, yeah. they are our official sponsor. Let's go hear about CamBay.com. Are you sick of the boring, same old cam sites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com. C-A-M-B-A-E.com. When you're on Cambay, whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on cambay.com. Use those credits to go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know cambay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's cambay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com. And unlike college, it's not going to take you guys 20 free credits to finish. So join cambay.com right now. Use promo code WIDEMAN and get your free credits. That's right, cambay.com, oh, C-A-M-B-A-E dot com. It's Cambay. You got to dig that funky bass line. Well, you know, I got to do a little digging don't, around the area. Don't, don't, I, don't, 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 I, felt, I felt one with my brothers there for a minute. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're all, all right. brothers, man. We are, we are all brothers. But, Tim, speaking of brothers, we had a brother – last week who called in and did an interview with me but we weren't able to get it on here because of the technical issues now i want to go to that uh we talk i got to talk last week about the atlanta hawks john collins uh trey young 
guys like that, some young up and comers that you're not hearing a lot about this season, but they're having pretty solid uh, season so far. And it, they really did what well. they've done well this season. So I want to go to my conversation with Kevin Chenard. He's a writer for the Hawks at uh, AtlantaHawks.com. And we talked a little bit about the Hawks this season. So without further ado, Tim, shall we go to that? I will allow it. We will roll that beautiful bean footage. Joining me right now is Kevin Chenard. He covers the Atlanta Hawks. Kevin, thank you so much for jumping on with us here. And he covers the Hawks, in case you missed that. He covers the Hawks for the Land 29 pod, and he's a media contributor for Hawks on FSSE and also just a writer at Atlanta Hawks, uh, the official Twitter feed. So, Kevin, thanks again for getting on with us. You're welcome. All right. So let's talk a little uh, Atlanta Hawks here. Uh, not exactly a banner season for the Hawks. However, I will say this. I think the Hawks have been better this season than what a lot of people thought they would be. Why do you think the Hawks have been able to be not the bottom of the the Eastern Conference? Uh, they haven't been in the playoff hunt, but why do you think they've been able to stay out of the main bottom of the Eastern Conference? Um, they... I would say that, you know, compared to last season, for example, like it's night and day in terms of uh, the product that's being put on the floor because the young talent has has delivered. Uh, Trey Young and Kevin Herter and John Collins, they've all been good. And I know that Trey Young's shooting stats aren't exceptional, but he's been a good floor general. And when those three players have been on the floor together, that's actually their most used three-man lineup. They're they're like plus two point nine or plus three per hundred possessions. So it's like the young players are delivering, which is exactly you know what every real Hawks fan should hope for because uh, those those are the three people that are going to be here for a while. Um, and those aren't the only players, but uh, when they're next to players like Kent Bazemore and Dwayne Dedman. Uh, they, those are competent pros that, you know, command some respect so that it's, you know, it's a competent five-person lineup when, when those guys are out there with the rookies. And it'll be interesting to see uh, who's still with the Hawks uh, a couple of weeks from now uh, because, you know, that young talent, you know, that's still only three players. And, you know, whether or not they have guys like Deadman and Bazemore going forward will be interesting to see. I think, it, you know, life will be more difficult for those young players if they don't have – uh, some good, some good vets around them, which you know that might be the right call. Uh, you know, trade see if you can get an asset, but the, the product this year uh, could change as as we approach the trade deadline. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do there, as you pointed out. But another uh, young guy who, who's played a little bit this year, uh, Amari Spellman. Uh, he was a pick they got in this year's draft. Who I, he's turned into a pretty decent player. He's not. You know, blowing up the stat world, he's averaging about six points a game with four rebounds. Uh, has he been a, a pretty decent rotation player coming out of Villanova? It's been an interesting season for him. Uh, he, it's kind of gone a lot of places in a lot of ways. Uh, he's a wonderful kid, first and foremost. Like, he's just a delight to talk to. 
uh, energetic and I don't know. He's he's just a fun kid. Uh, but like in terms of his season, uh, you know, early on John Collins was hurt and life was a struggle for the Hawks. He, that's you know that's the singular most important player for their team is John Collins. Uh, since John Collins has come back, they've been a really good team. But early in the season, Collins was hurt, and Spellman was occasionally playing and or starting at power forward, which may be good for his long-term development, but in terms of the product that was on the floor, you know, he was a rookie, he's inexperienced, and he he had some, you know, just some mismatches in terms of, you know, trying to defend power forward. That was, that was a big task for him early in the season. Uh, then he had a hip injury kind of as, you know, as Collins was coming back, uh, Spellman suffered a hip injury. That took him out of the lineup for a bit. And then when his hip was healthy, he'd kind of gained some weight. And, uh, you know, I think he's lost 20 pounds since then in the last month or so. And now he looks terrific. Wow. Um, And when he has played over the last couple of weeks, he's been at center, which I think is a little bit more of a natural fit for him. He's more of a, a small ball center. So, you know, that was great for him because he was getting his three-pointers up uh, going against other teams' big men. He was protecting the rim, which I think is his defensive strength. He's more of a rim protector. Even He's only like 6'9", with like a 7-foot wingspan, but I think that's just more of a natural role for him, especially you know given what he did in college, uh, as opposed to chasing around power forward. So it's been more of a natural fit. He's gotten in shape, and over the last few weeks, he, he just looks terrific. And you mentioned John Collins. Um, you know, I, I've yet to make my final decision on all my all-star picks for this season, but Collins is definitely in that mix. Do you think Collins, with as good as he's played, uh, as dominant as he's been for the Hawks, do you think you could see him as maybe an all-star reserve for this season? I could. I, I tried not to be a homer <laughs> when I made when I I did a podcast. Uh, trying to pick an all-star team and you know I had I had Blake Griffin on my my team which was probably the spot where I would have had Collins and what I said at the time when I picked Blake Griffin is okay you know he's got the name recognition he's got you know more points per game and and things like that Collins on the other hand you know he was hurt for a month month and a half and missed a lot of games so that's you know that's kind of a knock against his all-star case but you know, even though I put Blake Griffin on my all-star team, if if I had to win a basketball game for a large sum of money, I think I'd rather have John Collins on my team than Blake Griffin. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, would definitely I, agree. You know, his, agree. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just he's the engine that that really makes the Hawks' offense go because you know he's he's their elite role man, but he's also an elite re- offensive rebounder. So it's like that's kind of a a double a two-headed. Uh, a two-headed problem for opposition, uh, for opponents. Sorry, not opposition. <laughs> no, I understand. But um, hey, it happens, man. He really I've been is there. just absolutely fantastic at, at both, you know, rolling to the hoop and crashing the glass. And so you know, that just gives the Hawks' offense something that they didn't have when he was hurt. And another guy that uh, the Hawks you mentioned earlier, uh, Kent Bazemore. He's been uh, he's played pretty well for the Hawks this season. He signed a pretty decent sized contract a few seasons ago. 
And now you're thinking maybe the Hawks are going to try and move him, maybe get uh, some young pieces, some young assets, because the Hawks, I don't think the Hawks are in any hurry to win right now. Uh, they get Dallas's first round pick next year for the trade for Luka Doncic, and you know who knows if they could maybe get another uh, draft pick. You know they could really stack up in, in a class that's looking like it's going to be pretty good. Do you see Bazemore staying a Hawk uh, past the All Star break? I mean it's tricky. I mean I think if you look at the Hawks coming up to the trade deadline here. I think you know there's 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 been indications and reports about a couple of things. One is I don't know that the Hawks want another pick this year. They might trade for a pick, but they're going to have five picks this year and it's hard to incorporate that many draft picks into a team that only has 15 spots. Uh, I don't know that they want more than five picks. So if they trade for a pick, you know, it's my guess that they might be looking for a pick that's further on down the line than this season just to kind of, you know, balance it out as opposed to having them all once in the same year and then not having some later. Because they're going to have – they're, I mean, almost certainly going to have two first-round picks, their own in Dallas, uh, which is top five protected. And then they've got three second-rounders too. Um, So, you know, that's just so many picks that I'm not sure that they want to trade for something this year. They might be looking for something further on down the line. And then I think the other indication is that you you look at some of the reports and rumors. I would say that, you know, I think that they're looking to, you know, take on salary for next season for assets. Mm-hmm. So if there's somebody that's looking to, you know, dump a contract for next season and not any money beyond that. So money that goes up to 2019-20. That's such a weird sounding phrase, 2019-20. But, you know, that's the last <laughs> season that they would be willing to take money on at this point. But I, I do think that they would take on money for, for next season. They can make some kind of package deal that puts an asset coming their way. Okay. That makes so you sense. And then, of course. And so, yeah. So, you know, with Baysmore, <laughs> I mean, I could see them, you know, making that kind of a move just based on how long his deal goes and how much, you know, you look at teams like Houston and New Orleans that would just, you know, if, if New Orleans stays competitive, they just – they need a player like him badly. Um, you know, I, I think they'll probably hold out for a little bit of value. I'm not sure that they're itching to trade Kent Bazemore just because, as we've seen this season, you know, when you put those young guys out there, you know, if you don't have five elite players to put on the floor, you know, to put those young players out there, it helps to have a competent two-way veteran kind of leading the way. And those guys are pretty rare, uh, you know, competent two-way wings in the NBA there. They're a commodity. So if you already have one under your control, just keeping them out there for developmental purposes when you can slot them out there next to Baysmore. I'm sorry, slot them out there next to Kevin Herter uh, and make productive lineups and just make, make life easier for Trey Young and Kevin Herter and, and John Collins. So I could see them trading him. I mean, it's, it's hard. You know, you think about the business side of it and assets and stuff like that. But, you know, his wife's expecting their first child. Um, you know, he's got his podcast going with Vince Carter. I think he likes life in Atlanta and probably, you know, as much as he'd like to play for a contender, I don't think he would be disappointed to stay in Atlanta either. He's embraced, you know, being uh, a positive force in the Atlanta community. So I think he'd be perfectly happy to stay. But, you know, if he is traded, I'm sure he'll also relish being in a playoff hunt. Yeah. And you brought up Vince Carter. He's another veteran, oldest player in the league right now. 
What's it mean to these young kids like Trey Young and, you know, Kevin Herter, John Collins, playing next to Vince Carter, who I'm sure they grew up watching like I did? What, what's that mean to them? I'm not even sure if they grew up watching Vince. Vince's heyday might have been before they were even paid attention to the NBA. Some of these young kids. <laughs> you may be, Trey you may be right. They are younger. younger they're Vince a lot Carter. younger than I am. I remember I watched Vince Carter. I was 10 years old, so whenever I remember Vince Carter. Yeah, exactly. So they made – and they got – and I think they're at least uh, – I think most of those guys are at least nine years younger than I am. So they may not even watch Vince Carter back when he was winning the dunk contest. I mean, yeah, exactly. When You know, that the dunk over Frederick Weiss in the Olympics, you know, that happened when they were toddlers, you know. <laughs> it's incredible. So, it's yeah, mind you know, we talk about the young guys, but, like, Jeremy Lin is, like, around 30. And he said, you know, I had Vince – Vince Carter posters on my wall when I was growing up. So it, it's not just the young kids. Even the older players like Bazemore and, and Jeremy Lin look up to Vince Carter. It's incredible. He's going to be 42 Saturday. Um, but, you know, he's been a, a positive influence. You know, the Hawks had a game. I'm trying to time my days out here. What was that? I guess it was Monday. Yeah, Martin Luther King Day game. You know, oh, that wasn't the one, though. No, it was Saturday when they played the Celtics and uh, you know, for the young guys, I think that was their first game with a a bonafide brouhaha on the court when Marcus Smart got upset with DeAndre Bembry, you know, kind of got huddled off to the side and then broke loose and tried to make another charge through all, you know, his own players, the the Hawks and the referees to try to get to DeAndre Bembry. And, you know, a game like that, I think it kind of knocked the, the Hawks off kilter in that game because they they were going to beat the Celtics in that game and you know I don't want to say credit to Marcus Smart but he did I think affect the outcome because the Celtics played a lot better after that moment and you know for the Hawks they were looking to a guy like Vince to figure out okay you know what happens next in a game like this and you know Amari Spellman that was probably the first time he'd been in a game like that and and I'm not sure that he knew the rule that, you, you know, if you're on the bench when something like that happens, uh, you can't go on the court or you're going to get a suspension. And assistant coach Melvin Hunt, you know, went sprinting up off the bench to make sure that Spellman didn't go on the court. But you know, Vince, Vince is just really important in situations like that to just tell people what to expect. These, these kids don't know what to do, uh, you know, in a fight and what to do in this circumstance and that circumstance. Vince is just – he's really just an extension of the coaching staff. He's like a teacher and he just, he commands a lot of respect from all the players, even the older ones. Before, before we go too much farther, everybody's probably saying, well, why haven't you talked about uh, Trey Young yet? And and I want to get to that. But one other guy who was a high first round pick, Alex Lynn has came over uh, from Phoenix, signed a deal there. Alex Lynn, he's a guy to me that's a lot of, unused potential i'll be honest haven't paid much attention to him this season how's alex lynn looked for the atlanta hawks uh he's been pretty good he kind of came into the season he came into the season in the preseason looking great and i think he kind of injured his back about a month into the season and you know he's kind of been hit or miss a little bit since then. I think probably just because 
you know, it's kind of a lingering back thing. They, when he did hurt it, they're like, yeah, I think this is going to be something that just kind of sticks with him through the season. Just kind of lower back pain. So I think that derailed his season a little bit because if you watch him in the preseason, it's like, oh, they, the Hawks got a steal. And all of a sudden he was shooting three-pointers, which is something that he hadn't done at all in his career up until now. So that injury kind of derailed him. And it, it, it also messed up, you know, that the whole three-point shooting thing because he was he was on it early on trying those corner threes and I think that back injury kind of took him off course because he struggled with it since then but he's good for uh, for somebody like Trey Young and Jeremy Lin too because they're both pick and roll players and you know what Alex Lin does best is you know set screens that's something that he's really good at. Um, so he's he's a good role man. He's not as good as Collins, and so when Collins was hurt, Len was a fill-in, you know, kind of an eighty percent of what Collins is. Uh, but he was a competent role man for Trey Young early in the season, and now more for Jeremy Lin coming off the bench. But he's been good. Um, he had a terrific game about a week ago against Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City was playing a switching defense, and it was on the Hawks' bigs to kind of take those switches and punish small players inside. And I think Len finished with like 24 points in a game where the Hawks scored 140 against, you know, an Oklahoma city defense that was the number one defense in the league. So, you know, there have been nights where he looks terrific, um, but he struggled with his three point shot of late and he kind of limits the Hawks a little bit defensively in that, you know, he's a good defender at the rim. I'm sorry. I have a dog. He's a good defender at the rim. But you kind of have to play one specific type of defensive coverage when he's in there. It kind of, kind of like Pau Gasol or somebody like that, where you, you just have to play kind of a drop pick and roll coverage when he's in there. Uh, when they have somebody like Deadman, or if they go small and put Collins at center, you get a little bit more versatility. So he's been a good defender. It's just that it's kind of a one track. We're going to play this way when he's in there. All right. Well, last question, and I'll let you go, Kevin. Again, thank you so much for coming on, Trey Young. Sure. You know, we we haven't heard a lot about Trey Young, uh, other than the fact that maybe his shot hasn't really been what it was in college, um, taking a little bit longer to develop than hoped for. Meanwhile, Luka Doncic has been just on fire, and it's unfair that these two are going to be compared for probably most of their careers due to the trade aspect, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Is there any buyer's remorse maybe from Atlanta on maybe, you know, we probably should have kept Luka Doncic instead of trading him, or did they get the man they wanted and they're not worried about what's going on and they think Trey Young will develop into a, a really good player, which his shot's coming along. He's averaging 16 points a game, so no need to fear too much, but Luka Doncic's just having a hell of a season. What's the feeling in Atlanta? I mean, I think he'll. if you look at the course of his season, I think he's going to be fine. He, he struggled with his shot uh, the first well, probably November, probably up to like December 15th, so maybe the first month and a half, two months, he struggled with his shot. But if you look at the numbers since then, he's been fine. And I think part of it was, and, and when I say fine, you know, he's probably at something like 37, 38% from three uh, since since that first month and a half, two months of the season. So he had to figure out where his shots are going to come. He's actually been good on the Trey Young shots. It's kind of unfair that he gets compared to Steph Curry, and the part of the reason that he does is just that, you know, 
if it's a play-in transition, he'll stop from 30 and take it. And he's been good on those shots. If you look at the percentages on those shots, he's been good. It's been some of the other off-the-three dribbles that he struggled on. And he's been good as a catch-and-shoot shooter, too. So he, he's just had to figure out, you know, where his shots are going to come from. And he's been more selective over the last month and a half. And as a result, his, his shooting percentages have been up since then. But I think we almost focus too much on his shooting because of that Steph Curry comparison. That's not really what they are. You know, Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. And Trey Young is a really dynamic pick-and-roll player. So it's, it's, it's apples and oranges, and really, you know, a better comparison for Trey Young is probably somebody like Steve Nash, that kind of player. And again, you know, Steve Nash being one of the greatest shooters of all time, we don't know if Trey Young can be anywhere near that kind of shooter. But what he's done really well is he's run pick and rolls. And again, we've seen that since John Collins came back. He's, he's been just fantastic as a pick and roll uh, pick and roll ball handler and distributor and finisher, too. He, he's He's, you know, he's figured out, I didn't think it was going to happen. Like when they drafted him, I was like, well, how's he going to finish at the rim? He's been great as a finisher at the rim. He's got an assortment of layups. He, he just has a way of slowing the game down and figuring out where his shot at the rim is going to come from. A lot of the time it's a floater, but a lot of the time it's just kind of getting right under the basket, waiting for a defender to commit on one side and then just putting it up on the other side. Um, So He's been great as a as a pick and roll ball handler, really as much as you could ask for a twenty year old point guard. And I, you know, when you compare him to other twenty year olds historically, he looks great um, numbers wise. So I don't think it's I don't think the Hawks would be worried at all about what he's going to become. If there were any worries, more than the shooting and more than being a point guard, I think you know for the first month and a half, two months of the season. The defense was was the thing where they might go, oh, no, you know, we're always going to have to cover for him. And not to say that he's going to make an all-defense team anytime soon, but he's gotten a lot better. You know, he's gone from, from really bad to kind of, okay, passable. And, and, and that, even more than the shooting, is probably something that, that everybody will be pleased about uh, for what he's done over the last month, month and a half, two months. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for jumping on with us and giving us an update on the Atlanta Hawks. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and where they can find you at? Uh, yeah, I have a podcast uh, where we do the Hawks and some other NBA stuff. It's ATLN29.com. Uh, it's on – if you look at it for ATLN29 on SoundCloud or Stitcher or iTunes, uh, you can find it there. And then the rest of my stuff is on Hawks.com. I, I write for the team's website. All right. Well, Kevin, thanks again for jumping on with us and giving us the lowdown on the Atlanta Hawks, and we hope to have you back real soon. Thank you for your time. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345. 
for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. And that was my talk with Kevin Gennard from AtlantaHawks.com. And then you heard about our great sponsor, the law offices of Stephen P. New. Tim, you still here, sir? Sure, a couple things, mate. Quick things. Um, yes. First of all, that was a new, new commercial. I enjoyed that. Uh, Thank you. To go, to go to the Hawks quickly, and okay. all those draft and all them draft picks. Uh huh. I got a theory. I got a theory. It's called okay. trade them all. It's called tr- trade them all to get the number one pick. Dying for Zion, defeat for Latif. Get Zion Williamson. Problem solved. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt well, at all. But... They're what? They're right in that god awful spot of being. What are they? Sixteen and uh, sixteen and thirty three. They're in the bottom <laughs> five teams in the league. Probably not going to be good enough to make the playoffs. But oh, not so bad not. to get. But not bad enough to get that those first two or three picks that you really want to get. I, I'm starting yeah. it right now. It's it's dying for Zion. Dying for Zion. I like it, but. And his, middle name is like... and his middle name is Latif, so it's defeat for Latif. Good God. But joining us right now from NBA Quick Report is Mike Hardy. Mike, thanks for jumping on with us. We're going to talk a little hoops around the NBA. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. It's been a little while, yeah. a couple months now. Yeah, it's been it's been a little time here since we had you on last, and I appreciate you being so flexible this evening. It's been a whirlwind of a schedule change going on over here. Hopefully, we can get this locked down a little bit better next next time you're on. But I do appreciate you being flexible. But uh, I wanted oh, yeah, to start no out problem. here. Uh, my co-host and I are going to bounce around here, talk to you a little bit here about some of the things uh, going on in the league. Um, of course, uh, Tim and I have been discussing James Harden. Tim, I'll let you bring up Harden. I want to ask about the Indiana Pacers. How bad did the the loss of Victor Oladipo affect the Pacers? Are they still going to be able to compete in the East, or do you think the Pacers are pretty much done for the year? Uh, I don't think it's time to pack it in yet. Um, realistically, I don't see them coming out of the first round in the playoffs. Um I can expect them to secure a low seed in the playoffs, but they'll have a quick exit. I don't see them competing with Toronto, Boston, Philly, or Milwaukee at all. So um, I, I don't I don't see them making it past the first round. They still have some players that can fill in for Oladipo. Uh, we've seen Sabonis have a great year off the bench. Um, hopefully he can um, continue to pick it up a little bit more. I'm really hoping to see Tyreek Evans bounce back to the – what he was last season being almost a 25 and five kind of guy. Um, but he's been having a really, uh, really rough year. So um, I don't know. It, it's going to be tough. Old Depot is an amazing player as we've seen the past couple seasons, but uh, it's going to be really tough. Tim, you want to go ahead and bring up uh, James Hart? 
James, I had the left there to bring up. Uh, do you think anything's going to change there? Can the Rockets actually get anywhere? I mean, James Harden, obviously a great player. No argument there. But the way those, that team plays, are they ever going to really be able to win anything playing that way with him just throwing up threes all night long and that's pretty much all they got? Uh, they're really ride or die with him right now. Um, just looking, his last 24 games, and think of it this way, they've gone 17-7 and seven in these games. He's averaging 42.4 points. 8.1 assists and 7.9 rebounds. So just averages on another, completely another level. Um, and they're 17 and 7. So they're pretty much ride or die with him. They're going to go as far as he can take them. Um, you really can't rely on Chris Paul to get healthy because who knows with that. Um, I mean, he's had a, he's been banged up all season. And um, still with Capella being out. I mean, if he's back and fully healthy by playoff time, I mean, then I could envision it. But with the current squad they have, I I can't see them making as much noise in the West as they did last season in the playoffs. I agree. Um, I got another question. This one's kind of out of left field a little bit, more about uh, the draft and uh, teams, the, the bottom feeders, so to speak. Um, sure. Right now, anyway, it look, looks like Zion Williamson is going to be the the man that everybody's after. Um, of the bottom feeders in the league, I basically got what Atlanta, Chicago, Cleveland, New York, and Phoenix. I'll, I'll throw in there. Um, yep. He's probably going to end up at one of them unless somebody trades up for him. Is he going to thrive in any of those places, or are, are those places going to ruin him? The way they've kind of done with, at least in recent history, with what they've managed to do. Um, I think I think he's a generational talent. I think he's going to thrive in pretty much any situation he's put in. Um, I would I would say out of those teams, it would be. It would be either the Knicks or the Suns where I see he could be um, the biggest bust potential based on the ta- on the players that are already in those systems. Because in New York, you already have Porzingis, you already have Knox, um, you already have Robinson. So you have guys who could take away his, not even minutes, because he's going to get minutes regardless of where he goes, um, but touches at least. And then in Phoenix, um, you have Devin Booker, who is clearly in, um, needs the ball in his hands to operate. They already invested in DeAndre Ayton, so they're not going to give up on him. I mean, he's already averaging double-doubles for the season. Um, he's proving that he's going to be a future all-star as well. So, I mean, realistically, I don't see him um, not becoming an all-star. In okay, let, let me take the question further then. where I think the league would probably love to see him end up in New York just for the hype value yes. of it. Yes. But uh, where do you think would be the best place for him to go out of those five? Let's put it that way. I would if say... He can, if he can uh, choose, let's say, he gets to pick between the five of them. If he got to choose, it, it would probably be the Knicks because it's he's already expressed playing in the garden is just unbelievable um, from that aspect. But if he had to choose based on 
where he could be like the guy, um, it would probably be somewhere like Cleveland because you you can't picture Kevin Love staying on that team with the way that that management is run. They're probably going to deal him, whether it be in the summer or even in the next week. We we have no idea, but um, I don't see Kevin Love staying, you know, no, with the I mean, Cavs as far as on that but... contract. Yeah, fair enough. I just it's just something like you know we're getting to that. Time. I mean it's a little early yet, but we're we're getting to that time and. No, we're definitely uh, we're definitely getting there. I mean we're about where fifth or, or now so games in. Like we just had somebody on from the uh, from the Hawks, and they were talking about they've got too many. He thought maybe they had too many draft picks, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. of, I don't know if you could really have too many, and if you got that many, maybe it's time to package them up and make a play for a higher one because they obviously need some help. Um, does somebody does somebody tank for him? Is there anybody left that could really uh, – the rest of probably isn't really. The rest of the teams are all 20 outside wins. Outside of the – outside oh, of the bottom feeders that you already Yeah, there's, there's not really anybody left that's probably going to tank at this point. Um, I, I wouldn't rule out the Grizzlies as far as tankers because they've already expressed that uh, Conley and Gasol are both um, – Dumb. Potential trade candidates. Hmm. Fair enough. I wish they, I wish they tank tonight. They're playing my wolves, and they come back from being down seventeen. The bastards. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think an interesting landing spot for Zion Williamson would be uh, Chicago. I think he would be. I think he would be fun to watch in Chicago. They don't play defense in Chicago, but could you imagine Zion and then the athleticism he and the shooting and the uh, he would bring Hutchinson's there, Zach Levine, uh, Wendell Carter, you know, just a lot of yeah. great young uh, talent. Laurie Markinen. Markinen is there. Chris Dunn is a uh, good point guard. I think that would be a, a better team than, what, of course, what they have now. But I think if uh, – I have a, a strong suspicion that if there was ever a fix to be done in the NBA draft – this would be the year that the Knicks would land that pick, and then you would probably see a uh, a, a Kevin Durant make his way over to New York in the oh, off season. You instantly think... got uh, New York Knicks versus uh, the Lakers, Williamson against LeBron. It almost writes itself. Uh, the league will be giddy if that happens. Well, of course, you know there would have to be a lot. Of, there's a lot of moving pieces to make that happen. So. That's something we can look at further as we get closer to uh, free agency this summer and the draft. But back to what's going on now, I do want to bring up the Utah Jazz, who have been on fire as of late. Trust me, I had to watch them beat my wolves a couple of times. Uh, what are your thoughts on Utah? Are they are they improving? Have they turned the corner? Because starting out this season, they were one of the disappointing teams back in around November, December. But here in January, they're really starting to get it together. Yeah, they're really pouring it on. Um, they've won 11 out of their last 13 games. I don't even think it's just an improvement. I think it's just more getting back to what they were last season. Um, and last season, they were more of a surprise team, being, I think it was, what, the third seed maybe it was last year? I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, um, but I don't think was, they were was, third. Were, I think they were the Fourth. I think they were, Maybe the, no, they were the fifth. Because the Blazers were, were the they third. Fifth? Yeah, I think they were fifth. The Blazers, the Blazers got the killed Orleans by the, the Pelicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Okay. Um, but, yeah, they were a surprise team last year, and they were a lot of people's picks this year to to pull, like, 50, 50-something-plus 50 win, uh, wins. <clears throat> and they had a terrible start to the season. So, um, the last 12 games, especially, Donovan Mitchell's been on an absolute tear, putting up about 30 a game. So, he's really showcasing what he can do um, in his in his second year. And then Gobert being healthy is obviously huge for them. So averaging career highs in points, rebounds, he leads the NBA in field goal percentage. Um, right now they're at the seventh seed, I believe. Um, I also heard that they're still looking for a third player to pair with Mitchell and Gobert. So they've been linked to Otto Porter Jr. in the trade market as well as Mike Conley Jr. Um, not sure if anything will get done, but at least they're trying. So I think that they have turned the corner. I think they have gone back to the Utah Jazz of last season. Um, and they could continue to move up the standings in the West. That's still extremely murky, just like it was last year. Yeah, the West, uh, a lot of teams vying. There's still maybe like 10 or 11 teams that can are still with, right there in striking distance of the playoffs. And we see it all the time that the West is kind of a parody of itself. There's so many good teams. At one point, 14 teams were vying for an eight seed. And then a couple the Grizzlies started to slip a little bit. There's been a few teams kind of back off. The Lakers with losing LeBron hasn't been good for them. They're starting to fall down. But I still think they'll sneak back in once LeBron returns. The West is uh, it's wide open in terms of like from the five all the way down to 11. It could be any of those teams. But, um, you know, another question I wanted to ask you, Mike, and, and again, we do thank you so much for getting on with us tonight. And, you know, it, it's been it's been really fun. And I know we're going to uh, we're going to keep talking as well. Another question I wanted to ask you, though, is do you think the 76ers, because our one of our co-hosts, uh, TR, big 76ers fan. Do you think with the way they're playing as of late, they're a threat to get to the NBA Finals, or do you think it's only Toronto and Milwaukee out east? Or, or you know, and I'll throw in another team, Boston. I think Indiana losing Old Depot, they've lost their chance to get to the finals. Of those four teams, Boston, Toronto, Philly, Milwaukee, who's the biggest threat to get to the finals? That's tough. I mean, if it were my choice as of right now, it's it's the Raptors, even though they're behind the Bucks in, in standings. Um, I just think that once everything is set, everybody's fully healthy, um, the Raptors are the team to beat in the East. But it, it's really anybody's game as far as the Bucks, the Raptors, the 76ers, and the Celtics. They're all extremely talented. Um, they all play really well at home. Um, they're tough to beat at home. None of those teams have less or have more than six losses at home this season. Um, Philly, Philly is very, very tough. Um, they have the star power for it. We haven't seen them in playoff mode yet, and the whole reason they got Jimmy Butler was to give themselves another identity in the playoffs. Um, so we'll see how that all unfolds. It's going to come down to them with um, – their health and their bench play because we already know that their bench play is not their strong suit. So they have to stay healthy or they're going to be in big trouble. 
Yeah, and I'll I would ar- I would argue that they need to make a trade yet for some ben- uh, bench depth if they're going to really make a push. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I mean, who's off their bench that's honestly reliable? Do you trust Muscala coming in the game? Do you trust McConnell? No. I, I I I don't because I don't I don't either. Um, I'm a big fan of McConnell. I'm not going to lie. I'm a big McConnell guy, so he would be about the only guy. But he's not going to give okay. you the offensive firepower that you're going to need. He's just one of those guys that does all those little things that I love. They need to make a move similar to what they made last year where they picked up uh, – and I can't even remember their names, and I've heard them – Ilya Sova and Bellinelli. Right. Yep, yep. And now they're both gone. But, um, yeah, they could they could use a, a veteran um, – I would I would just say a shooter off the bench or more of a three and D kind of guy. Um, I don't hmm. know. It's tough. Kind of like the Miles still... Bridges, who they traded for a guy that hasn't even played yet. Right, and we haven't heard <laughs> a single thing about him yet, and we still haven't heard about Markel. We don't know when he's coming back. I know it was hinted he might come back <clears throat> um, after the All Star break, but you don't know what you're going to get from him. You don't know if this injury is still lingering, what it's doing to his um, his mental stage as uh, far as that goes. I would think even it, if he's healthy, let's say, let's say he's 100% ready to go, he hasn't played very much in the last, what, three years? Like it, it's hard for right. me to see him stepping in and really having any great impact I would think it would take him a while just to get back in the swing of things because um, he hasn't not really seen much basketball, very little anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's only played less than 40 games in his uh, entire NBA career as of as of now. Um, but he's got to come back pretty close to the All-Star break to get himself not even just back in shape, but like get back in basketball form. Get him I have to back admit it. It would be one hell of a story if he could come back and actually even live up to half of the hype that he did have when he first got picked. Yep. I mean, he was a stud in college. He was. Um, he had a great shot. He took a bunch of threes. It wasn't like he wasn't, wasn't a shooter. I mean, he was a shooter. He was a very good scorer, playmaker. Um, so we don't know. We haven't seen anything from him yet. Um, in a good way to show that he's like capable of playing from his college level. So I just hope when he comes back, I hope for him, I hope for the team, I hope for the NBA that he comes back ready to go. But um, as of right now, you can't, you can't count on that happening. So I think that they do need to make a move to get some kind of, like I said, a three and D player off the bench. Well, I do want to bring up the big one. We haven't really talked about it much in this game, or this game, excuse me, in uh, today's episode, because I wanted to bring it up with you, Mike. Um, The guy that everyone's talking about right now, uh, Anthony Davis. He's the big man that everyone's after. He's requested a trade. He says he's gone. He doesn't want to be in New Orleans anymore. So, and when this is all said and done, where will he end up? Where do you think he's going to end up being? When I first saw this happen, I immediately thought the Lakers, but now that I'm seeing it all unfold, I'm seeing what's happening. And logistically speaking, I just think that 
the Pelicans are going to be patient. They're not going to let him dictate what happens, their future, you know, this season and, and a couple of years from now. Um, I think they're going to wait till the summer. They're going to see what happens with the Knicks as far as the pick because they have dangled that in trade talks. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. I, I think that, honestly, that he's going to end up as a Celtic next year. Um, I think that they're going to re-sign Kyrie. Um, I think that they're also going to trade multiple assets to get Anthony Davis. I mean, they have they have so many different pieces they can offer the Pelicans. There's no other team that could top them as far as trade offers go. And I know that Danny Ainge has been contacting them to tell them, you guys got to wait a second, you know, don't worry, we'll get you, just give us some time, because they can't trade for him right now um, unless they include Kyrie in the deal. Yeah, and apparently he uh, he was also fined for publicly letting that yeah, happen or, or, like, tampering yeah. or – I'm also, not 100 uh, like, I just saw that. They also, it was one of those. Yeah, and they, they scrubbed him from their intro video, and they scrubbed all mention of him from Twitter, apparently. So they're really not happy with him. <laughs> I wouldn't be either, but, you know, I'm kind of surprised they didn't pull the deal on that Lakers trade because – or the Lakers didn't pull the pull the trigger on it because they would have lost Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and a draft pick and got Anthony Davis in return. Mike, do you think that the the Lakers should have pulled that trigger on that trade that was, you know, reported was out there? Um, really, I mean, you got to think of it. Are any of those guys even going to live up to anything of a shadow of Anthony Davis? And the answer is clearly no. Um, I, he's only 25, 25 or 26 years old. You pair him up immediately with LeBron James, it'd be one of the best duos to ever step on a basketball court. Um, and I mean, what, what else is there to say about it? I mean, that's, that's incredible. I don't know why, if that was a, a, you know, an official trade offer, um, it's crazy that they didn't pull the trigger on that because, um, Boston's going to come hard at them uh, in the summer with a lot, you know, of trade assets. Yeah. And they just have so much more to offer. Jalen Brown, uh, is a piece that, that I'm sure will be on the table. There's just so many guys that Boston can offer with that deep roster. So we'll see what what is said and the, what, uh, what happens with Anthony Davis. What is it, Tim? The fine was that he used his agent to make a public trade demand, which is a violation of the CBA. So it was the NBA that fined him the $50,000, not the team. Yeah, I, I figured it was the league. I figured it was the league, but uh, Tim, do you have any more questions for Mike before we let him go? And again, Mike, I thank you so much for your time and everybody check out. Yeah. Make sure you check out we NBA made, quick. Report. They've got a lot of great content over there. Um, Mike, why don't you go ahead and plug away and uh, let our listeners know where they can find you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, on Twitter at NBA quick report, um, keeping everybody updated as far as, any rumors going on, um, anything that's, you know, floating around out there, um, keeping everybody up to date with everything NBA. Um, also the website, nbaquickreport.com slash go. Lots of new um, writers added to the site recently, so lots of great content going up. Um, 
you know, everybody's doing a great job over there. So um, it's been a great NBA season. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, I look forward to being back on in the near future. You guys just, you know, reach out to me whenever you want me on, and I'll, you know, be sure to do what I can. Uh You'll be hearing from us sooner rather than later because we really do appreciate you getting on and love the insights you bring. And I love NBA Quick Report. If anybody hasn't followed it on Twitter, get there now and follow it. It's it's great. I I love following it. And it gives me so much material for the show that I can't – because it's impossible to keep up with on your own. I'm glad you guys do a great job at that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Oh, and one more thing. How are uh, how are those predictions looking? I think I'm kind of foggy that we had preseason. They look pretty solid from the mm. last time I checked. Yeah, yeah. From what I remembered, they were. I'll tell you what. Next time we get you on, remind me before you come on, and I will go back because I don't have them written down. I will go back and listen to the episode and write them down, and we will review them. I promise. <laughs> That'll be perfect. Yeah, we can go over that. I'm sure we yes, I would love to do that. Yeah, uh, we'll get you back. I'll tell you what, give us about a month, month and a half. We'll get you back on, and we'll go through those predictions again, all right? Yeah, sure, awesome. You know where to find me. All right, sounds good, man. I'll holler at you sometime real soon. All right, thanks again. All right, Mike. Thank you. Nice talking to you. And that is Mike Hardy from NBA Quick Report going around the league with us and that guy knows his stuff do we do we have the 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 best guests in the basketball universe or what i mean it's hard to argue i feel like we do i mean short short of actually having the players on here which we can't manage of course that's tough no nobody gets the players except maybe television Uh, it's pretty hard to get anybody to come on you know for 20 minutes they're just too busy and with their social media reps and all these guys running the fences. But, boy, after that, when we get into the next level, we're owning it, man. The guests are incredible. These guys are extremely knowledgeable. Um, I learn something every time one of these guys comes on that I either didn't know or I didn't bother to take the time to look at it from that angle. And that's what it's all about, man, is broadening the old horizons and uh, it's never too late to learn something. Let's put it that way. And it does make the games so much more interesting when you got a little more fact about what's going on. Oh, yeah. And our, our guests always know where it's at. They know what's going on. And I'm glad to, to have such a great following of, of guys that we can rotate in and out and, and talk to and, and talk about basketball because they know their stuff and it's always good. Uh, to hear from them, but Tim, excuse me. Right now, we've got a bit of a re- a couple returns. First return is a surprise to everyone. Here it is. Bush, Bush. Lee. Oh God. Bush Lee. That's right. Didn't we vote? Didn't we vote two and one against Bush League? <laughs> this, sir, I have control of the board, and we will do what I just clicked. Bush All League right, is fair back. Enough. Let's go to Bush League. <laughs> Bush, Bush League is back, ladies and gentlemen. Be happy, We're August. Gonna... <laughs> be happy, August. Be happy. Be happy, Nick Hoff. It's one of his favorite segments. Oh, is it Nick Hoff? So, I'm sorry. All right, what's, are you happy, Hoff? I'm going to start calling you David Hasselhoff, you... 
Oh, goodness. But anyway, it's the return of Bush League. We have three, three nominees for the Bush League this week, and we're going to pick us a winner, Tim. You tell All you right. what. I'm, okay, I know I'll I'm more you interested. What. Head over to Twitter, okay? Head over to Twitter. Right. I have tweeted. In the words of Jim Cornette, I got the tweet. I got the tweet machine on. Head over to the Wide Men Can't Jump Twitter. I have I retweeted. Know. Three nominees this week. I will let you pick right. the winner. Okay? Okay. So it's these three videos in a row. All right. So we've got what? Yep. All right. So the ahead. first. The first Bush League nominee this week. Steph Curry. Oh, bless your heart, Steph Curry. Steph Curry at the Stable Center against the Lakers. He takes off running on a steal, and he goes to lay it up, <laughs> and he just slips and falls mm. right on the court, somebody, then gets up and misses a three. Somebody done forgot to put up that banana sign. Yes. Steph Curry slips, falls. Got to have a laugh. Luckily, no one was hurt, but that's embarrassing because he had a wide-open layup. Poor Steph. Steph, you know what that is? That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? That's right. Now, it is. I have to admit that that would be a lot funnier if that was James Harden. I, I can agree. I can agree exactly. with that. Just throwing it out. Our next Bush League nominee, Michael Beasley for the Los Angeles Lakers, known as the man who's a little fan of the toke. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, Beasley shows up to go into the game, goes to the scoring table, and realizes he doesn't have on the right pair of shorts. He's got on black shorts, not the Lakers yellow shorts. <laughs> My mama dressed me this morning. I done got the wrong color shorts on. <laughs> he forgot to get the right pair of shorts. Oh, Poor no. Michael Beasley. He must have oh, had one boy. too many tokes. Bless his heart. Michael oh, Beasley, wow. we know what that is. I mean, that is Bush League. That's right. That is Bush League. And, Tim, our final Bush League nominee the New York Knicks and Houston Rockets game we talked about last week where James Harden went off for 61 points. We saw the Knicks make a free throw. Eric Gordon goes out of bounds, throws the ball in bounds to P.J. Tucker, who just backs away from it. And is like, no, I'm not touching that. And the Knicks steal the ball and lay it in for an easy two points. Apparently, James Harden told him if he touched the ball, he was going to kick his ass because he stayed away from it. <laughs> yeah, if I pick this up, I, I might. James wants to pick this up. I can't touch this. This is not for me. <laughs> We're on James offense ball. now. I'm not allowed. <laughs> this isn't my Are we on ball. offense? I can't touch this. No, I'm not allowed. No, uh, I'm only touch yeah, okay, you know the what? ball to Harden. <laughs> this is easy for me. It's P.J. Tucker. And hold, that on, needs hold, to on, be... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can pick a winner in a second. P.J. Tucker. That's Bush League. Ah. <laughs> All right. Those, you need, those are your three you need Bush to, League nominees. Yeah, we Tim need to run the, that. It's P.J. Tucker by a mile, and you've got to play behind that. You can't touch this. <laughs> that would have been a good idea. Unfortunately, because I don't have that queued up. So. <laughs> I, have, I have never seen it. Was like, it was like, you know, okay, the guy threw it out here. Is, did he try to not see me? And was he passing this to James, who's standing behind him? I can't I touch know. this. <laughs> I don't want this thing. This thing is hot. 
hot lava. You're like when you're a kid. It's the ball is hot lava. Don't touch it. That's got James' name on it. <laughs> oh he didn't get the, man! The coach never sent the play in from the from the bench, and he wasn't didn't know what he was supposed to do. He looks as confused as the guy last year in the finals when he thought the uh, what's his name there at the end where with the timeouts and all that nonsense. He looks as confused oh, yeah. as that guy. I don't think I've ever seen an NBA basketball who didn't want the ball. And it's just like, I don't know. Let me look at this again. Did did uh, did the other rocket like he didn't like pick his nose or anything before he threw it out there? And he's looking at him like, come on, okay, there. You got to slow it. You, you got to watch the guy who put the ball in. You got to watch his reaction. Yeah, you got to you got to go back to the beginning. And just follow him. Don't follow the ball. And look at what he does. He throws it in there, and he's like, come on, come on, come on. Oh, God, man, you're kidding me. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> he was mad. You could tell. No, you, do you think that they went in after the game? Do you think Eric Gordon grabbed P.J. Tucker and just slapped the crap out of him? Speaking of uh, – not to segue out of this real fast, because that's hilarious. Uh, you want to giggle, you got to go catch the video of Bob Huggins getting thrown out of the uh, West Virginia game. Uh, yeah, I saw. I saw Huggins chubby, got tall. Chubby, chubby Huggy out there on the court. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, we could get Bob Huggins could be a, a wide man without any trouble. <laughs> he would probably <laughs> love it. He would well, love it, but... Folks, I guess when you get pounded we, by 25, that's what happens. I hope you enjoyed this segment this week of Bush League. <laughs> Bush League. You know what else you could have played with that video? You could have thrown in the, 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 uh, the James Brown. Uh, it's so it's damn a... hot. <laughs> oh, you could play that song. You could have played that song. Hey, little baby, let me light your candle because mama, you're so hard yeah, to handle now. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, because that, that, <laughs> that, that is a that is a video that just keeps on giving because the longer I look at it. <laughs> the stupider it gets, and the more I want to. sorry, you listen. The more I want just like, what in the fuck was this guy? I mean, obviously he was thinking absolutely nothing. Was what he was thinking. <laughs> like, it was almost uh, like he he thought, you know, if I touch it, the clock will start. Like maybe he was back in college or something. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know. It was, like, it was like he he thought if he touched it, it like it was a it was a dead ball as long as he didn't touch it. The only Somehow, possible uh, thing that can, the only thing that could possibly make sense, is PJ Tucker didn't want to touch the ball because he knew he would be fouled immediately and he would have to shoot free throws. And he's a horrible and free throw shooter, and that's, and that's the only James, thing that makes sense. And that's James's <laughs> job. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it comes back to James. Everything's about oh, James. Man. We're just going to rename him the James Rock. The Harden Rockets are just going to call him from now on. That was, that was highly inter- more entertaining than I really <laughs> thought it was going to be. Oh, no. And then watching the other guy lose his mind is even better. <laughs> yeah. Gordon. <laughs> Poor Eric Gordon. 
<laughs> I gotta be sedated. I wanna be sedated. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak. All right, speaking moving of, on. All right. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. But we, we really wanted to, to get into oh, that. So, you know, Tim, I haven't I haven't really talked about my wolves tonight, other than the fact that they're playing the Memphis Grizzlies right now. I don't think we needed to. They suck. But anyway. Well, I ain't gonna argue with you, but they're up by uh they're up by two now with uh see how much time's left. Seven right, minutes no, they, ago. they don't suck. They're they're another team if we're gonna talk about them. They're another team that's in that enviable position of not being good, but not being bad either. They're kind well, of the middle of the road. Their biggest issue right now is they have three of their best players are hurt. Okay, well, that doesn't help, and you can't hold that against the team either. I mean, yeah, a lot injuries of injuries are, are injuries, but they're just good enough to probably make the playoffs if everybody's healthy, but they're not good enough to go anywhere. Let's put it that well, way. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I'm not going to talk too much about them this week because go ahead and reveal our first guest for next week. Joining us next week is John Krasinski, writer for the actor Athletic. No, not not the guy that played Jim on The Office. I'm talking about. God, I got real fucking excited there for a second. It's like nobody told me about this. When did this happen? Wow, we're into Hollywood. Now. But John Krasinski, head athletic writer for the T Wolves, will be jumping on next week to give us a lowdown on what's going on up in Minnesota, and can it's going to uh, be. Can I uh-huh. ask him if he's ever considered like if he could get traded to a different to cover a different team? <laughs> well, he doesn't cover just the Wolves. He covers <laughs> oh, the Vikings, and he covers everybody. So, uh, in, well, in Minnesota, so. Part. Well, yeah, the Vikings yeah. are okay. Covers the, the Twins as well, but not that John's good. A, uh, John's a veteran, uh, many many years writing for the Athletic, and was at, he's been an award winner. He's just a great guy. So we're looking forward so to having have, him on next week. He should have a Jimmy Butler story or two then. Well, we we had him on recently when Butler was on. We've had John on a bunch of times because call me a homer, but he's one of my favorite writers, and I love the fact that I have his phone number. I can text him. So, (laughs) I don't want to go off script there or anything, but have you ever uh, have you ever texted Bobby since you got his number? Oh yeah, yeah. Talked to Bobby the other day. All right, moving on. Um, But one thing I do want to say. Tim is we'll have John on. We'll be talking a lot of wolves, so don't want to overdo it with the wolves this week. There's and there's not that much to talk about really with the wolves this week. So we'll talk to a guy who can tell us about how Ryan Saunders has been doing as a coach and where where the wolves stand now going forward. So we'll get more into the wolves next week. And if TR is not working next week, we'll be back to a three man booth talking more about. Uh, the 76ers, of course, and also next week joining us will be Dave DeFore, who is a – he hosts On the NBA with Dave DeFore. He's on Twitter. Great follow. Go follow him. It's Dave DeFore NBA, D-A-V-E-D-U-F-O-U-R-N-B-A at, on Twitter. Go follow him. One, Dave's awesome. 
one notch up from Dave to five. I hate you so much. <laughs> you, you, you love it. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. But anyway, yeah. that's next week. So that's a little preview of what's going on More next week. Expert. Now. Go ahead. Well, let's move on to our next segment, which is something we didn't do last week. And we actually – We got yelled at. <laughs> we did. We were told – you know, people were waiting for – apparently this segment is a hit. And I the didn't West think it would Virginia be this big of a hit. vacuum in particular took us to time. Yes. In between his sheets, Quesaritos, Ed Bogus took time to <laughs> message us and let us know he's waiting on the NBA Don't draft do that again, people. So, Tim – Go ahead and give me a year and give me a number, my friend. I will give you the year 2004. Okay, we're going 2004. And I will give you the number. I'm looking at the TV uh, because there's a hockey game on, surprisingly enough. Uh, I will give you the number six. All right, the 2004 NBA draft with the sixth pick. I have no idea who that would be. I don't know off the top of my head. You're saying you oh, wow. know either, wow. Actually, you couldn't have went any better. This have is I a pick a winner? and a half. This yeah. is a good one. That's it. Okay, so let me just run through some of these draft picks before we get to our winner, our pick this week. The number one pick that year was Dwight Howard. Okay. Uh, the number two pick, pick Emeka Okafor. He never really panned out. Not a bad uh, pick. <laughs> then Ben Gordon then Sean Livingston, then Devin Harris. All right. Then at seven, Luol Dang. Then at nine, Andre Iguodala was another okay. guy taken out. Jefferson went in this draft. J.R. Smith, Jameer Nelson, Sasha Vujicic was in this. Bino Udre was in this draft. Uh, there was just a, there was a lot some, of players. There were some good there players. Some pretty, there was a lot of and shitty no, ones, too. It, <laughs> Number six, the Atlanta Hawks had this draft pick. They drafted Josh Childress. Now, I know. So, if you're, if you're a Hawks fan right now, this is the noise you're making when I bring that up. Wow. Um. So, let's go ahead and dive into a little bit of the career that was Josh Childress. So he was taken by the Hawks in the 0405 draft. His first season in the NBA, 10.1 points per game. Okay. Uh, second season, 10 points per game. Uh, his rebounding totals, his first season, six rebounds. Uh, he averaged in the next year, 5.2. Year after that, still with the Hawks, uh, 13 points per game. So not terrible, really. Decent. Maybe not worthy of a sixth pick, but not terrible. You could have had a, a good Luol Dang or maybe Andre Godala or 6.2 rebounds per game that year. 11.8 in 2007-2008 with 4.9 rebounds per game. Then he doesn't play, he doesn't play in the league for two years. 2008-2009 and 2009-2010. Oh, but, he goes, but that's, be, that's because he'd been drafted by Tom Papadopoulos. <laughs> Indeed, he goes to Greece. He, he goes, to goes Greece. over. <laughs> Damn it! I erased the music. Did you see what they paid him, Nate? Look at that ridiculous. million dollars. No wonder he went. 
But hold on. Because of his tax breaks from playing overseas, the $20 million contract was equivalent to $32.5 million if he, if he played with an NBA team. And he also had the, an option to opt out each year. So he could have played over there and opted out whenever he wanted. He also received a Greek Nike shoe contract after he signed up with Olympicos which is a Nike sponsorship club. He'd been offered yeah, well, a five-year he had been offered a five-year thirty-three million dollar deal by the Hawks, and he turned it down because it was significantly less money than what the Greek team offered him. So he would have gotten five years at thirty-three million dollars. Okay, um, so basically the Hawks were offering to pay him six and a half million a year. Good money. Now, because of his tax breaks overseas. And he only signed a three-year deal. That would equal out to ten point eight million a year playing with Greece. But during the oh eight oh nine season, he only averaged eight point eight points a game and four point six rebounds. <laughs> Play took the money and run by the Eagles right now. Who did he? Then the next year, by, the next uh, not year, the Eagles. Uh, you know about. <laughs> yeah. Then the next year, he did jump back up to 15.2 points per game with 4.8 rebounds, and then he parted ways with the Greece League. So, he then returned to the NBA. The Phoenix Suns got him in a trade with the Hawks. They sent a 2012 second-round draft pick, and he signed a five-year deal with the Suns. And then, after the Suns acquired... The amnestied rights of Louis Scola. Childress was released by the Suns via the amnesty clause. So that was two years after he came back. That was in 2012. During those two years with Phoenix, Childress's production dropped way down. Only five points per game, 2.9 rebounds, and then his last year in Phoenix, 2.9 points per game with 2.8 rebounds. So you see where he really starts to drop off. Brooklyn then gets him for a season. He only plays 14 games with Brooklyn, and he averages one point a game. Then the last year, he plays four points with the Pelicans, uh, only averaged six minutes per game, and never scored in the game. Um, Never scored as a Pelican. So looking back at the career of Josh Childress, number six pick, his career average in the NBA only. The NBA career averaged 9.1 points per game, 4.7 total rebounds with 1.6 assists, uh, half a block. Not exactly a career one would look at for You're going to leave out his stunning career in the Japanese B-League? Well, I guess you could bring that up. He he kept (laughs) playing. He did play overseas. He played in the D-League. I will bet you if you could if you could find out what he got paid, I imagine that uh, he probably ended up making a significant amount of money for not doing very much. Yeah, I won't argue that. He probably did make a pretty decent amount of money. Uh, he went back to the D League a few times. He he signed with the San An Neo Phoenix of the Japanese B League. Okay, In you're forty a, games, he averaged eighteen points. Rebound. You're an American. What's a good score on your SAT? 1100? That like the. I'll be honest. I never took the SAT. I took the ACT. 
Well, they just so, have, I see on here they have that his uh, GPA in high school was 3.5, and he scored 11.10 on the SAT. I just wondered if he was uh, – maybe he's quite smart, and he ran his career from a financial point of view as opposed to uh, just all about the basketball. Uh, according to I mean, this – it's odd the to average, the, for the average SAT score is between 1050 and 1060. So he's above average. Okay, so he's above average intelligence. Uh, I wonder if he, what kind of a degree he got coming out of Stanford, or if he did get one. Uh, he was there. I don't know. He was there uh, long enough. 2001 to 2004. Yeah, I mean um, maybe. Uh hmm. Well, let's. I mean, come on. He was on the cover right. of ESPN here, College Hoops for PlayStation 2. Go, I mean, go. I've got a, a business insider report here. Josh right, Childers is a former NBA. Here we go. Josh Childers is a former NBA player who made more than $60 million in, he, in his career after graduating from Stanford. He's been able to avoid financial problems that other athletes have faced, apparently. Uh, he says the first mistake is people say, okay, I've got $11 million. You've got $5 million after taxes over four years. So that million-dollar house that you thought you had $11 million, you thought you had $10 million more, that house becomes more expensive. Most guys buy their mother a house or car or something. They buy themselves a car. You've got a 2 to 4% agent fee. you got the NBA escrow, so the check gets eaten up. So this this gets smart. This guy was smart, uh, he's got yeah. Interview. He's got an interview from 2015 on YouTube that explains how he was able to um, – he says, Childers said another big factor in the influence of veteran players who make a lot more money. Some of the, my veterans spend a little more than others, he said. If those guys are taking you under their wing, that's what you get used to. So that's how you think it has to be, and that's how you think life is, and you get caught up, and you end up spending way more than you should. Childers says – he did fall into a similar pattern in his career, but was able to keep his spending in check. So apparently this guy went to Stanford and learned how to handle his money. So right now he's well, was, financially doing okay, even after a kind of lackluster career. And was smart enough to know that it wasn't going to last forever. And like, I know we do it too. You know, we hear, okay, oh, he made you get $20 million. Yeah, that is a lot of money, but it isn't if you live like a millionaire. Yeah, true. You know, if you spend, you, know, you spend a lot of well, money. You, you made $20 million, and then you, you continue to live like you were making $20 million a year when you aren't anymore. That's where they get caught, I think. Exactly. And then, of course, taxes, agent fees, escrows, all that good stuff that can eat away at your money. So is, I, I is the lab understand? Yeah, no, that's a that's a rarity, boy. Because usually it's the other way around. You read that they, uh, you know, he made twenty five, thirty million dollars and was destitute at thirty two and was, you know, charged for uh, dealing crack or something crazy like that. You know, it's not very often the misses usually don't end up too well. And I would have to say, for a sixth round pick, he was a miss. For for a sixth overall pick, he didn't really. Yeah, for a, for a, for a first round sixth overall, he didn't really pan out. No, I don't think he turned into what was hoped he would be. He had a decent enough career, um, not what it could have been, but apparently he's a smart guy, 
and was smart enough to hold on to his money, be wise with good his money. Him. Good on him. Yeah, that, that. That's always good you know, to that's see. A guy, that's a guy now. We, I, would, you know, I wonder if we could track somebody like that down. I don't know. We can try. You know, hey, we'd like to, we'd like you to come on. We 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 do this segment and your name come up and we want to hear about because uh, that is a part of the that is part of the game. Like I get it from the hockey end too. It's a part of the game that nobody really wants to talk about too much. It seems yeah. like it's almost. I'll have, uh, yeah. you, I'll have to send you the link to his YouTube uh, video where he talks about it because apparently it's. I'd like to listen to him. Seems interesting. Yeah, if he's if he's uh, got his act together, because it is, you know, of course, you, you get to hear about the guys like LeBron and stuff, but we're not talking about fifty million over ten years. You know, LeBron's making you know, you know, hundred million a year or more or whatever god awful number he's approaching now. I he's mean, making, he's, he's making he's making like, a difference. Uh, yeah, if you don't I mean, count I mean, his endorsements just from playing basketball, he's making like twenty some, almost thirty million dollars. Yeah, he's, he's headed to being a billionaire. Oh yeah, like gotta yeah, remember he's, these he's guys a, are doing more. He's in a different. Just, yeah, he's in a different league than than this guy. But LeBron makes still, more money from Nike than he does from playing basketball. Gotta remember that. No, he's not on. Yeah, he's not on like Jordan is another one who. Like, if you just look what he, exactly. he really didn't make. I mean, he made good money playing basketball, but nothing compared to – I mean, and he's he's yeah. headed towards $2 billion. Yeah. He doesn't even seem Jordan, to really do – he doesn't even really seem to do anything. Doesn't have you know, to. You see, you see him on, the, <laughs> on that ad every – yeah, he sells shoes. People huh? still buy it works, shoes it? because it's – Yeah, shoe brand. he's got his name on it. On yeah, a side note, that, I do – on a side note, I do want to give a shout out to Under Armour. Uh, I just bought a pair, two pairs of their shoes, and by God, they're awesome. So if you're Under Armour, good job. Under Armour, we would uh, we would be more than happy to consult on you uh, with you on the wide men shoe. We would. We'd wide be happy width. to do that. We would do it yeah, for wide shoes. shoes. Shoes for fat well, I'll tell you this, Please. Tim. Uh, the Wolves and Grizzlies are now tied at 93 apiece with 28 seconds to go. Well, man, and... I'm going to bust. I'm going to bust your balls because I've got that game on television. That game's on believe. TV for you guys. We get the weirdest games. <laughs> yes, I am watching that game right now on Sportsnet in Canada. From Fox, Minnesota. I'm watching it on Fox. here. I'm watching it from the Minnesota Fox Sports feed right now. It is oh, 93-93 uh, listen, with. Listen to Dave and Jim, the boys that have called in on the been on the show before. Well, let's see. Hold on. Let me turn the sound off for a minute. Yes. Yeah, Dave and Jim, go. sir. So uh, we'll just see how this plays out in the last 10 minutes of the show here, and I'll keep you Yeah, we got a little time in real, here. In uh, real time. Before we, before we, yeah, a little real-time finish here. Before we get out of here, though, again, thanks to Wow for, excuse me, I got to, no, no longer. Thanks to no. Cambay.com and the law offices of Stephen P. New. Cambay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com, and the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Good and uh, check out WideMenCan'tJump.com. New article up. Royal Rumbles ranked from 31 to 1. Whoa. Here's a spoiler. Go check it out. 
it's not really a spoiler, but you should go check it out. Uh, I put a lot of work into that article, and I thank everybody that's given me a shout-out on the Royal Rumble special that we worked on, uh, Tim and I did. Thanks to everybody that was on it. If you haven't listened to it and you're a wrestling fan, do check it out and uh, enjoy. Well, so let's finish this game. I just saw probably you one just of the weirdest. It? No, I've seen one of the weirdest 20 seconds I've ever seen. The Grizzlies attempted wow, a layup. That. I'm the, watching the, the right Grizzlies, the Grizzlies attempted a layup that was like eight feet in the air on the on the comeback. Then Minnesota goes back down the, the court and throws up some of the most horrific shots I've ever seen in my life, and we're going to OT. I have no clue why Jared Bayless is the guy you have shooting those what in shots the hell in the was, game. Yeah, what in the hell was that? <sighs> Nothing to lose, I suppose, but I I'll guess, tell you what, Tim. Let's go ahead and start to wrap the show up because – I'd like to get off here and finish this game, truthfully, since it's heading to overtime. And uh, we do want to thank all you guys for it. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before we go, before we go, brand new T-shirts. T-shirts are now available. We will have the links and everything posted up on widemencantjump.com for you to order. Brand new T-shirts. I tweeted uh, them out today. You know, we kind of dropped the ball there a little bit, you know. How so? We did not consult our fashion consultant. We didn't. <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. But, but we that do have new t- se- sexy shirts, boys. Sexy. Indeed. You look good. Indeed. So, our new shirts are available. Uh, you can send me a message if you want one right now. We will be getting these shirts up on the website soon. So as soon as they're up, I'll tweet it out and let everybody know. This is is also our inaugural uh, shirt, and so we didn't order a ton. Um, No, we didn't. Not that we won't order more if the demand is there, but we didn't order a ton. So you want to be, like as they say, a plank holder, uh, one of the original guys or gals, as it may be. Um, Mm -hmm. My God, Nate, who was number 11 for the Memphis Grizzlies? Mike Conley. One of the highest-paid players in the NBA. What a hairdo, I must say. <laughs> I am utterly stunned by that do. Wow. That is crazy. But anyway. Well, Tim, should I just, let's should I go just ahead and call it a night. Let's go ahead and call it a night. And we do want to thank everyone for listening in this week, and we will have a couple big guests next week. Hopefully – TR will be back with Tim and myself, and we will have a great show for you next week. Stay tuned. Get some T-shirts. I'm trying. I'm telling you, we will have them up on the website ASAP. Uh, I'm going to pick them up from a the T-shirt thing, store. They're tomorrow. a great thing to wear if you're at Canby. Let me tell you. That's right. Check them out. Available in sizes small to 3X. So get on it. Let us know. We'll hook you up. All right. Again, we're on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, WideMenCan'tJump.com, and so much more. Thanks again to our sponsors, CamBay.com, the law offices of Stephen P. New, NewLawOffice.com. Remember, use promo code WIDEMEN on CamBay, and you can save yourself, well, you get 20 free credits. So 
You heard what you can do with 20 free credits. You can, so, you can at least get a semi-chafing on 20 credits. Easily. All right, I'm Nate. He's Tim. Tim, send us home. Good day, eh? I ain't even got to say it, that's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at WidemanCanJump.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com and use promo code WIDEMAN to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Man Radio Network.